2: Where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I'm Erica Young. I'm Diana Merriam.
2: I'm James Lowry, and you're listening to the Earn and Invest Podcast.
3: Podcast.
0: Earn and Invest Podcast.
1: Standing up on stage, I couldn't stop the butterflies. I was the last speaker at the economy conference in its inaugural year, and my talk was going to end with, of all things, me delivering my favorite rap song up on stage in front of all those people. You see, I had to bring my A game because this wasn't just any conference. This was economy a place where first-rate speakers give TED-like talks about personal finance, financial independence, and a bevy of other important topics. It was and continues to be one of the premier FIRE events of the year. Economy is March 17th through 19th, 2023 at the University of Cincinnati. Today, we welcome the creator as well as two of the featured big stage speakers this year. Diana Miriam, the founder of Economy LLC, was motivated to start a conference after the pursuit of fire changed her life. After she discovered blogs like Mr. Money Mustache and Frugal Woods, as well as books such as Your Money or Your Life and The Simple Path to Wealth, she used her newfound knowledge to get out of $30,000 of debt. James Lowry is a former medical district manager who is obsessed with financial and physical health. He, along with his wife, Emily, created RethinkTheRatRace.com, where they package useful material with quippy and smartass commentary. Topics include real estate, finance, fitness, and travel. And finally, during her 17 years in business, Erica Young has served over 500 families as a certified financial coach. Her specialty is helping people crush debt so that they can design a vibrant and intentional life. She believes that personal finance goes beyond the numbers and has developed creative ways to break down the mental and experience-based barriers to financial success. Diana James Erica, welcome back to Earn and Invest. Diana, let me start with you. Name a conference that's changed your life and why.
0: Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for that intro. Like, Can I just have you do that for every single <laughs> podcast? Every single one, yes. I have? Love it. Thank you so much for that. And great to be back on the show. You know, I've actually modeled economy after my favorite conference called World Domination Summit, which sounds insane, right? Like who produces that? Pinky and the brain? But really, World Domination Summit, I discovered in... In 2016, Mr. Money Mustache spoke there and he blogged about it. And so that's how I learned about it. And then I went to it for the first time in 2017. And what was so impactful for me is it attracts about 2000 people and they're all living these very unconventional lives. And every time I would go, I've gone four times now, I think, and they actually just ended it this year. They had a 10-year run and now it's over. So, I feel even bad sharing this with people because it was an amazing thing, and you guys will never know how good it was. But come to economy, come to economy, because I'm bringing some of that <laughs> spirit into the economy conference. But, you know, every time I would go, I would leave feeling like my life was so full of opportunity and possibility. And it's because the people that would go to an event like that they, it's almost like they're all so expansive minded and you almost, that impacts you. It's almost like you absorb that energy through osmosis and you start to get ideas that you don't necessarily get when you're in your day-to-day grind. And I mean, I would journal for like pages and pages after an event like that. And so I wanted to create something that was that inspiring specifically about money because I think it's an incredible resource that we can use to craft the life of our dreams. And so that that's really how economy was born. And that's the event that, that I, to answer your question directly, was the most impactful for me.
1: James, have you ever had that effect from a conference when you've walked away inspired like that?
2: I have. For me, it was actually probably, I, I don't even think that they're considered conferences so much as they're camps. I enjoy a camp five, which is actually where Diana heard me talk. And so to me, it's like a much more close knit intimate interactions with people where you have time because I know at FinCon or at some of these other larger conferences, I have such a hard time getting to talk to the people that I actually want to talk to. And it feels like I'm being pulled in a ton of different directions. And I'm always missing some type of speaking event because I'm talking to people in the lobby or I'm talking to people outside. And so to me, like the slower pace of Camp Fi is a lot closer knit, again, like I said, but also I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Everybody's at the same space at the same time, and you get to have meals with each other. You get to interact with 30, 40, 50 different people, and you get to learn about them and their lives and what they're doing differently. And everybody that's there is doing something different. That's the reason why they're there. And so to me, that's that's the best conference because to me, it's also the personal interactions that I have with people and meeting people. That to me is the biggest part of the conferences for me.
1: Erica, have conferences played a big role in your trajectory?
3: I would say so. And I'm going to state the obvious here because Vincons kind of that place for me. And But the reason is really because for 10 years plus, I thought I was all in this by myself. And I didn't realize that there were other financial coaches, for instance, or that there were other people. I mean, I knew on a grander scale that there were people who cared about positive money content and who were trying to make a difference, but I had no place to go for finding those people or learning new concepts. And so that was what FanCon did for me is helped me to see that these people are reachable, touchable. You can learn from them and you can be one of them for somebody else. And it just made me feel like I wasn't on an island in this journey called financial freedom or get out of debt, or here's another coach. I always had to explain who I, what I did to people because literally None of my friends really understood it well, but they got me. People understood me at FinCon. And that, that made a difference in terms of my self-confidence and what I brought to the table. And then also trying new things because I was literally knee deep in coaching for so long. I started to branch out when I realized there were so many other avenues you could explore in, in this space.
1: Erica, you mentioned FinCon, and in 2022, Erica was a big stage speaker there. She's going to be a big stage speaker at Economy. Erica, tell us about the difference of attending a conference as an attendee versus as a speaker. How is it different for you?
3: Well, you definitely have to manage your time, right? Because I still wanted to be a receiver. I didn't want to just give from the main stage and host, and that was all that I did. I really wanted to make certain that there were sessions I sat in on and I did that from the first day that I arrived. You you have to manage your time really well and then be intentional about who it is you're talking to one-on-one in terms of connections, new you know, people that you want to work with and things like that. I just had to be super intentional ahead of time. It helped that I had my hubby with me and he could go to some things that I couldn't get to and that kind of thing. But I, I made it a point every day, literally, to go to at least one or two sessions myself as an attendee. And that intentionality, I couldn't wander. I really didn't have the freedom to wander like I would have previously because like and just kind of sitting on a session I hadn't planned on, that just, I didn't have that freedom, but that's all right. I I still got tons out of it and still having conversations after FinCon now that were a result of some of the places that I went while I was there. So I think it just takes intention. I think that's a, be strategic when you go to these things.
1: Diana, we're really talking about conference insiders, right? Me, James, Erica, we've been to a lot of these for those people who don't go to conferences regularly, tell us what economy is and, and who is it created for?
0: Mm. You know, it's it's funny creating something that is distinct from the other events that are out there, though we tend to appeal to similar audiences in different ways. So if you look at the landscape of, you know, the financial inf- independence type events, you certainly have Campfire, you have Economy and you have FinCon. And I think they're all pretty distinct. So FinCon is a business-to-business type event. You really only go if you're a content creator. They do have a community pass, like if you want to nerd out and, and meet your favorite you know, people that are, are creating content. Actually, there was one woman who chased me down the hallway because she, she went to meet me in person because she went to one of the camp fives that I didn't go to. Steven added a, a week two to Colorado. I went to week one. And so when she realized I wasn't there, cause I had been telling everyone I'm going to all the camp fives this year, come hang out with me. So that was very sweet, but all the, 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 conference is really built for content creators and helping content creators grow their business, right? And so really, Economy and Camp Phi are built for the end user. It's, they are built for the people reading the blogs and listening to the podcasts and reading the books and pursuing financial independence outside of talking about it, right? And so it just so happens that many of us and even all of us on this call, we create content, but we also absorb it. So there is a segment of the economy audience that are content creators. I don't have like stats on that. I'd guess maybe somewhere between 10-15% are actually content creators, but we're not designed for them. We are designed for the end user. And really, we, I, you have a literal stage for content creators to connect with their audience in a new, different, and unique way. Camp Fi is very similar in that we appeal to the same end user, but the format's totally different. So what I like to say, sometimes when I'm at Camp Fi and we go around the room and we introduce ourselves, I say, I produce this event called Economy and it's just a yearly reunion of Camp Fi people. That's <laughs> like an easy way to explain it, right? But Economy is like going to a concert. It is a huge production. It is a $100,000 production, right? I invest in videography and lights and music and it is the production value is very high. Now, Camp Phi, and, and also it's a much larger audience, right? So my max capacity is 560 people, which is still relatively small compared to say a FinCon, which is like two 3000 people, which for a lot, I, I hear that that's a little bit overwhelming when it's that many people, right? And I totally get that. So economy is a bit more intimate than that. But Camp Phi, to James's point, is even more intimate. So we're talking 60 to 80 people for an entire weekend. And I like saying that Camp Fi is like going to a retreat. Uh, economy is like going to a concert. Now, I want to go to both. I need retreats and concerts, mm-hmm. right? But I would not go to a concert every weekend. I would absolutely go to a Camp Fi every weekend. And I do. I mean, I'm actually next week, I'm headed to the one in California I've gone to. I think this will be my 10th Camp Fi. I absolutely love Camp Fi. I love going to an event, events that I don't plan, right? But also, for me, it allows me to participate as an attendee. And I do speak a lot. I can't find events, but, but really to be able to connect with the people there, this community, the financial independence community is a collection of some of the smartest, most creative, most generous people you will ever meet in your life. And I go to a lot of other events. Like this week, I went to an event for female entrepreneurs in Cincinnati and it sucked because the people were so cold. Right, they were so like everyone's looking at each other like competition. I mean, it, I'm a very warm, bubbly person, and I'm doing my Diana thing, and nobody, they're all immune to my charms, you know. I mean, the, the can't the, the people that go to Camp Fi and Economy and FinCon are so warm and welcoming, and they, there's a lot of abundance mindset because we're all good where we're at, and so all we want to do is help people, and it shows, right? And so I can't tell you like every single time I go to a Camp Fi event, I learn something that surprises me. Every single time. And as someone that's in this space that thinks, you know, I I've read over 750 articles on the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast. I, I literally talk about money every single day. I'm pretty knowledgeable, though I still don't call myself an expert. I call myself a personal finance enthusiast. Every single time I go, I mean, I was just at the one in Midwest in Minnesota, a Camp and Leaf Physician on Fire, spoke and like basically just solved this huge dilemma that I had in budgeting and tracking expenses. And I was just like, dude, I've been struggling with this for months, and you just solved it for me. You know, it's just I, I think it's one of those things where you keep going back to the well to learn more, but then also nothing will ever replace in-person connection. A lot of people in the financial independence community are getting their social needs met with people who understand them online. And my argument is that that's not enough. I am a lurker online. I read a lot of stuff and I see how horrible people are to each other online. I see the keyboard keyboard warriors, the amount of judgment and shame that people have about their money. You don't get that at an in-person event. The kind of person that is willing to walk out their front door and go meet you face to face isn't going to say the things that people say to each other online. It's a huge difference. And, and to be in the room with people like that, for me, it has drastically improved my Pastify.
1: So let's talk about what actually happens economy at economy. Specifically, I want to talk about some of the big stage talks. I want a little, I want to encapsulate what people will be experiencing this year. James, let me start with you. In broad strokes, what do you think you're going to be talking about this year?
2: I think I'm going to be talking about real estate, and it's going to be some avenue of real estate. It might be. You know, short term rentals, it might be long term rentals, it might be a combination of both. I haven't completely decided exactly what I'm going to talk about yet, but it will be real estate, tangibly real estate related.
1: Erica, same question to you. What are your general plans for what you're going to talk about this year?
3: Couples and money. That is what is on my heart like has been on my heart really for like a year now is couples and money breaking down, why people aren't on the same page, what's missing. There's lots of things behind the numbers that or beyond the numbers typically is what I say that we don't go down that path. So really making sure that you know there's a lot of people who have one person who's super excited about FI and one person who isn't, or if you're just tooling around and trying to figure out where do you fit in this whole puzzle. And it's more than one of you that has to kind of understand that path. I want to make sure that people can get clarity about what's in the way and move those things out the way.
1: I feel like the two biggest conversations in our community are one spousal buy-in, right? Trying to get your spouse on the same board as you are. And then the other is how to figure out healthcare, especially when you're about to retire. I figure those two conversations could take up conferences and conferences on their own. Diana, tell us about the rest of the lineup. Who else is going to be speaking at Economy this year, if you're willing to tell us? And yeah. what do you think some of the topics are going to be?
0: Sure. So I have announced four speakers. Two of them are joining me today. The other two, we've got Barbara Sloan, who just came out with her book, Tipped Finance. And first of all, you know, if you, if you think about the selection process, which I just sent out an email announcing the first four speakers, and I kind of gave people some insight into the creative process of, of putting together a speaker lineup. And the first rule of the economy stage is authenticity, because my audience can smell bullshit from a mile away. <laughs> and so you will notice that I, I very much value authenticity on the stage. And Barbara, everyone on this call has that in spades. I also really love bringing in people that can teach us something that surprises us. And when I got to know Barbara and her mission of empowering and educating the 3 million people in America who live on tips, who are underserved and ignored, you know, a lot of people think of tipped work, you know, people that work in restaurants and that kind of thing, that that you should graduate beyond that, that that's a starter job. And what barbara has shown me is no that's actually an incredible opportunity you could be sitting on a gold mine if you leverage it the right way and i don't think i've i've never heard anyone talk about that the way that she has and i and i heard her on your show doc g in in talking about that it blew my mind i mean i share that episode with with a lot of people and so i i'm honored that she would be you know willing to to get on the economy stage and talk about that and then Our other speaker is someone that is not known at all within the five community. I actually met him at FinCon, not this past FinCon, but the year before I was sitting waiting for a meeting to start. And I see this gentleman sitting at a table next to me and he's wearing a shirt that says compassion is a vibe. Self-compassion is a vibe. And I said, that's a sweet shirt, man. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, do you want one? I'll send you one. And I was like, all right. So he sent me one as well as a book about financial empathy. And he did a TEDx talk about financial empathy that blew my mind. And that's something, again, uh, an element to this path to FI that a lot of us are not talking about is the fact that we are so hard on ourselves and we have so much judgment for other people and the way they use their money. We need to start thinking about that, and I think that Michael, his name's Michael Thomas. He is doctor uh, and a professor in University of Georgia or some university in Georgia. I'm probably getting that wrong. I should UTA, have his bio. That's right. Yeah, okay, I, I should have his bio in front of me. But that he's incredible, and no one knows him in the Phi community. So it just feels it feels like an incredible privilege to be in the position to discover these gems and bring them on stage. So those are the four that I've announced. I will have four more announcements in January. I'm not sure when this episode's coming out. But if you are impressed by the four I've already announced, which you should be because they're incredible, buckle up because I've got some incredible more announcements coming in in January.
1: Diana talk a little bit about the structure of Economy this year. So last year there were there was a panel discussion as well as the main stage talks, there was a live podcast, there were some yeah. tours and some other things. What do you think is going to be involved this year besides just the main stage talks?
0: Yeah, so the main stage is is definitely a big part of it, but again the the point of Economy is really community and inspiration. And the kind of people that come to Economy are brilliant in their own right. right? Yes, we're going to learn from the main stage, but there is so much knowledge in the room. And so a lot of the programming is designed to get people talking to each other. And so a big change from the last event is I have completely overhauled the schedule. So you'll remember in the last two events, the first one was in 2020 before everything shut down, dodged a bullet on that one. And then the second event was in November of 2021. Now I had the exact same schedule at both events. And after COVID isolation, people could not handle the intensity of my schedule. The overwhelming feedback was like, that was way too much on Saturday. Because most of the programming was on Saturday, so what I've done is I've broken up that Saturday into two days on Saturday and Sunday, and then a lot of the social activities that were happening on Sunday are now going to happen on Friday. So it's truly a three-day event. And so anyone who's coming, I would advise you to come in on Thursday night so that you can take full advantage of the Friday activities, and then all the programming on Saturday and Sunday. We'll have an after-party on Sunday night, and then you should leave on Monday. That that's my recommendation on on if you're booking travel for this. But essentially, we've got the main stage speakers. We have breakout sessions similar to last year. And that's really facilitating. We had 18 options for breakout sessions last year. That's facilitating a conversation amongst attendees on a number of different topics like drawdown strategies and travel hacking and healthcare and all the things. Right Now, because I'm breaking it up into two days, I'm giving you a longer lunch. Last year was one hour. I'm going to give you a two-hour lunch. And then I'm also adding a brand new element, which is workshops, deep dive workshops. And essentially what those are, it's a combination of a main stage speech and a breakout session, two hours long. So the first half of it is very instructional. And And the second half is more workshopping, brainstorming, masterminding, asking your questions, digging in, right, having a conversation. And the reason why I added that is because certain topics like tax optimization, drawdown strategies, really require a deeper dive. And a lot of people asked for slightly more instruction in addition to the discussion. And so I'm really pleased to be able to add that. Another new activity that I'm looking to add on Friday night to really kind of kick off the weekend programming, I want to do speed networking, but I'm going to call it friendshipping, speed friendshipping. And that is an adjustment to an activity that we had last year, which was speed dating, because I am so committed to help someone find their spouse (laughs) at Economy. But the reality is that we don't have to have... Speed dating, like if you're going to run into your soulmate, you're going to run into them regardless if you go to the speed dating or not. Right. And so I think Friday speed friendshipping. Will be, you know, with a bar and music, and and I have a lot of ideas on how to make that activity super fun and engaging. We are talking about doing another recording of the Sacking Benjamin Show, which you can cut this out if Joe doesn't want me to say that. He's still deciding if he's going to join us, so I trust that your audience will flood him with emails if he decides not to. But he is invited for Saturday night, and if we don't do that, then we're going to go back to the brewery. We had an amazing time at one of the best breweries in Cincinnati and then yeah we'll still be doing our three-hour walking tour of the city we'll still be going to foaling which is kind of a activity where it's it's a cross between bowling and like beer pong it's like bowling with footballs it's so weird but it's really fun and yeah and then after party after party on Sunday night
1: We are talking with Diana Miriam, James Lowry, and Erica Young, and we are discussing the Economy Conference. We are going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. You know what? I love our meals from Factor. My son started getting them about a year ago when he needed a quick alternative to meals on the go. But where we've really enjoyed them is we've been remodeling our kitchen. That's right. We've had no access to our kitchen for the last few weeks. And some nights, we just had no idea what to do for a meal. That is where Factor came in. We would just pop the meal in the microwave, and two minutes later...
4: Doc G, can you believe it's been 10 years since Rebel Business School started? And to celebrate our birthday of helping people, we have designed and are giving away a completely free course designed to help people create an extraordinary 2023. And... We just wanted to make this offer to anyone listening to the earn and invest podcast. If you want to come along and work with us on creating an extraordinary 2023, we would love to have you and support you. And it's our gift to you for our birthday of doing this for 10 years. So join me, Alan Donegan, my wife, Katie, and my business partner, Simon Payne, as we work to build an extraordinary 2023. All you need to do is visit alandonnegan.com forward slash extraordinary, put in your name and email address and join us there.
1: Let me reintroduce you. We are talking to Diana Miriam, Eric Young and James Lowry. We are discussing the upcoming economy conference, which is going to be March 17th through 19th, 2023. James at when we come together at conferences like this we often talk about what is happening in our world today it's hard to tell what's going to be happening in March of 2023 but what do you think people are most struggling with especially with people worrying that the economy is not going in the right direction right now
2: so in my circles which everybody i think has different circles in my circles everybody's talking about the current interest rates on housing and how if you didn't get in you've missed the boat and you know like and then there's the other side of it which people are saying you know you should buy a house at 8% interest and then just refinance when it goes back down and you know there's no guarantee that it goes back down in the next decade who knows how long it takes to get back down or if it ever gets back down to you know 2% or 3% what people are getting so i think that we're still going to be talking about that I think that that's all going to be up in the air. I don't think that there's going to be any real concise course of action for anyone to take. And so it's all about your personal feelings and, you know, your risk tolerance and what you think you can do in the market and what the returns can be. And so I think that that's going to be a big discussion.
1: Erica, the first economy was right before the pandemic hit full swing. The pandemic has changed our lives Last year was post pandemic or during the pandemic again 2023 do you think the pandemic is still playing a role in our finances
3: Oh it's going to forever play a role honestly because i'm talking about lots of things in post pandemic language like so we have post pandemic children or my daughter's a a person who started her career post-pandemic, there are expectations that people now have that they may not have had before working from home, the flexible type schedules, things like that. And lots of that is due to the fact that we had such a different life during that first year, right? And so I think a lot of that is changing the way people do business. I think there's going to also be like a, a re a reset, if you will, or there's going to be a newness to how folks or companies really in particular move forward. But there, the expectations that these young people have going into the workforce is highly you know, influenced by the pandemic behavior. They were the students who were in college during the pandemic. They had to learn virtually, force, forced to do that, and then also expect to be able to work from home and have all types of benefits that come from you know, the way things had changed. And so there might be a right sizing or a correction, if you will. But I think that the expectation for a lot of workers or a lot of even creative people because they're making decisions based on or business decisions or starting a business based on the fact that the pandemic changed the world. And so I don't think we're going back to what we were. I think it's just going to be a new way that we operate.
1: Diana, compare and contrast the first economy to now. I mean, things have changed, right? A, mm-hmm. we may be in the midst of a recession, or certainly this is not nearly as good of an economy as it was back in 2020. Also, we are beat and battered by the pandemic. How do you think the content, the things we talk about is going to be different this year?
0: mm Well, I I agree with Erica in that the landscape has changed. The expectations have changed. I think the opportunities that have presented themselves have changed. I mean, I'm definitely one of the many people that that joins the Great Resignation, right? And I think that people pursuing FI were in a unique position to take advantage of that opportunity. And I can tell you that, you know, almost two years in to being self-employed and being an entrepreneur, I'm not going back. (laughs) I'm not going back to W2 work. There's no way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think when you get a taste of freedom and you start to exercise your options, and I think that great resignation really pushed people to get creative, the kind of creativity that we talk about in crafting a FI life. I, I think that 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 topic is very much going to still be discussed at this next economy. And and there is some programming being developed around that, especially uh, SlowFi. So Jess at the Pioneers will be running a two-hour workshop on SlowFi. And one of the things that we've talked about a lot is that within the Fi community, we talk so much about money. And how to manage our money and how to make more money and how to optimize our money. What if we considered that maybe our issue is not actually money? It's a lack of creativity and imagination, right? And so let's stop talking about how we need more of it. Let's get comfortable with how much is enough and let's start talking about how we leverage it and the different options that are now available to us. That's going to be something I think that's talked about a lot at Economy. I love that.
3: Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I do too.
1: James, tell me, am I, am I strange here? I feel like this community feels very optimistic just as everyone is feeling pessimistic about possibly a bad economy. What's going on with us and the group of people that go to a place like the economy conference? Are we just overly optimistic?
2: I think that we're optimistic, but I think that's because we're in control. We control our finances. We control how much we spend. We know how much we spend, right? And I know myself, I know how much I can cut back. I know I'm spending much more now than I was on the path to FI. And my relationship with money is probably much healthier now than it was on my path to FI. And so I think that we just have another level of confidence in that we know how much we make. We know how many side hustles we have. We know that if the economy drops, that in long term, it's going to go up and we may get you know a, a decade where it just doesn't but the likelihood of that is not as high we we know the statistics and we also just feel in more control of our money and how it's coming in how we're spending it and every every aspect of money
1: Erica talk about this idea of control over our money what do you think your average person gets wrong i mean like I said, I think this community is different that we're feeling a good sense of optimism and I don't think it has to do with the specific times we're in. I think it has to do with basic money management. So what is your average person getting wrong who who maybe isn't studying these things and thinking deeply about them?
3: Yeah, it it does go beyond the numbers, right? Like we we manage it, we're active in our money management and I think for a lot of people, they're putting it on the back burner, acting, you know, behaving as if it's just going to be okay at some point, and they're not being intentional. My word that I've been using all year is being intentional. We are the people who are intentional about education. We're intentional about, you know, putting money where we want it to go, learning about where we want it to go, what we want to do. That creativity doesn't just come out of the air. We do something with it, and so I think that a lot of people. Are not intentional with their dollars and cents. I think, you know, I liken it to a well-manicured lawn. You know, it takes time. I mean, yeah. you you mow the grass, it needs to be watered, it needs to be fertilized, it needs to be taken care of, you need to take pick, pull up the weeds. But if you just let it go, most of the people that I've worked with as clients, they make good money, but they've just let it go. And the weeds come up, there's debris, it's overrun and all of that. And I just think you know, we're intentional and we utilize the opportunities that are presented before us and we're doing something about it. And that's a huge difference than thinking at some point it's going to get better. We're not using that as an excuse to sit around and do nothing.
0: Yeah. And, and I love this word intentional and to kind of tie it back into the importance, I think in, in community and being intentional about the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. right? I mean, coming to a place like economy is, is an act of intentionality in trying to find the people of influence that can actually help you on your path to FI. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like to say, I've heard this quote somewhere. I forget who to like attribute it to, but you know, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. You know, <laughs> and there's a, this other quote, anonymous, that I shared at the during my opening presentation last year at Economy, which is if you look at your inner circle and you're not inspired, then you don't have a circle, you have a cage. <laughs> and when you intentionally seek out the people that can influence you in a positive way, not just about money. That I really think that you know a lot of people have this perception that going to a campfire or an econo- economy conference that we just sit there and talk about numbers all day and geek out over spreadsheets. Which certainly that isn't. That to me is the gateway to all of the other things we have in common, right? And so if if you can surround yourself with people that. Invest in their own personal development and care about wellness—not just financial wellness, but wellness in all aspects of their life. That's that's just going to influence you, right? And what's the point of retiring early if you've got no one to hang out with? I just love to say that phi is better with friends because it is. We are social creatures, and as much as you know, I I, I mentioned before that. We are, a lot of people are getting their social needs met from online interaction. I really feel like social media is the junk food or the fast food of social interaction and social connection. So, you know, if I'm really starving, I can go to McDonald's and get a a happy meal and it will satiate me. But if I ate that for every single meal, I'd turn into the supersize me guy. Right. (laughs) You know, and, and I feel like that about social media and this is not judgment. You know, I'm on social media too. Right. So I probably sound like a hypocrite saying it, but I am intentional about my time that I'm on there. And I do not expect that social media is going to meet my social needs. I expect that conversations like this and in-person connection is going to have that true nutritional value. as as a social creature. And we all need it. And I think the pandemic really highlighted the negative effects of isolation. And let's not kid ourselves that we're solving that with social media because we're not.
3: Girl, that's good. That's truth bomb right there.
0: (laughs) Diana, you mentioned it. It sounds like
1: one of the intentions, obviously, is for people to come out of economy with a community. What else do you hope that participants leave with when they leave at the end of the conference?
0: Yeah, I think economy solves two unique problems for people pursuing financial independence. And the one we've kind of harped on a bit, which is that sense of community and and social connection, because we're doing a really unconventional thing, right? We need people around us to to stay engaged with it. But the second thing I think we solve is that, you know, 70% of our audience is about knee deep in that accumulation phase. 20% of our audience is already financially independent and retired, and about 10% are just getting started. And they're just really eager to learn. But this event isn't designed for newbies, right? If you are financially illiterate and you're just starting to try to clean up your finances, there are so many other resources Aside from coming to an event like this, right? I would start there. I would get out of debt before I would come to economy. But if you are knee deep in that accumulation phase and you are five to seven years in, let's say, which I think for most people, it'll take you anywhere between five and 20 years to reach financial independence, right? When you first discover it, you're like gung ho. You're reducing all your expenses, you're increasing your income, you're coming up with your strategy, you're telling everyone about it, right? And and everyone's giving you weird looks because they think you're nuts, right? And so you've got all of this energy around it when you first discover it. And then when you're like 5, 7 years in, it starts to get really boring, right? Because once you optimize a lot of it's just a waiting game. You're just throwing the money into the low fee index funds, you're working your real estate strategy, you're working your side hustle. It turns into a waiting game. And so that's the second problem that I think we solve is the boredom that can develop when you're in the middle of your path to FI. And so you come to economy to fuel the fire and learn things that surprise you that you, you didn't consider before. I just talked about how I feel like I'm exposed to so much knowledge about money and I still learn something new every single time I go to one of these events. And so that's that to me is, is what I hope people walk away with is that newfound inspiration, just like what I talked about at the top of this interview in, in I walked away from World Domination Summit, so inspired and feeling like my life was full of opportunity. And I really hope that people leave economy feeling that same way.
1: James, why should people come to economy other than your fantastic talk about real estate, which is reason enough? What's the elevator pitch? Why should people come this year?
2: So to me, coming, learning about money, learning about how we interact with money, right? Because it's not just about money, but at the same time, I think that coming and feeling confident in your path and whatever you're doing, there is someone out there that may not be on the exact same path, they may not have the exact same background as you, but someone has achieved something very similar to what you're doing, right? And I know that was the turning point for me and my wife, when we met people that had actually achieved financial independence. It wasn't just, you know, these people making up things online. And once we actually met people and said, Okay, these people are actually living their lives the way that we plan to that changed the way that, that changed our trajectory. Particularly because we became much more motivated and inspired by these people. And because of that, now we live the life of our dreams. Erica, what do you think will make Economy unique this year?
3: First of all, I think we always need to be learning. I think the timing of this event is perfect. I'm really glad it's in the spring again <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it's important that people rub shoulders with other folks that are on the same journey in different phases of life. And I also think that because Diana wants all of the speakers to be be one authentic personal, bring their own background stories to the table, that's going to resonate in a way where other spaces don't typically, encourage or really want to bring that out on stage. And so I'm I'm excited to hear post pandemic if you will if if that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. in that season where people have their eye for what's really next for them. And that, you know, we understand that there's always something that we can learn from everybody's personal story and the fact that it's going to be on display on stage. And then also, you know, some downtime with folks that are just cool. I mean, honestly, I, I you can't pass that up. Right.
1: <laughs> Diana, lastly, talk to us about the university of Cincinnati. It has been the same venue yeah. all three years Is that what we will expect in the future? And tell us why we should come to Cincinnati.
0: First of all, I think Cincinnati is the best city to pursue financial independence. People like to knock it. But, you know, I moved to Cincinnati. I had no connection at all. I moved to Cincinnati in 2017 from New York City. And I feel that Cincinnati has all of the things that you would want out of a big city without any of the downsides. It's an incredible city. And the cost of living cannot be beat. My mortgage is $600 a month. Hello. Right. And so one of the the elements of the conference on Friday is a three-hour walking tour of the city with like the most interesting guy you've ever met who will stand you on a street corner and tell you what happened there a hundred years ago. I mean, he's incredible. And so if you are curious about why I love Cincinnati so much... I have worked it into the programming of economy because I think it's absolutely amazing. And the reason why I do it at the University of Cincinnati is because it is the absolute best venue to fit our needs. We have an incredible great hall that can fit our 560 people, with an, a beautiful stage and and the the ability to do my lighting design and the sound engineers and the 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 presentations up on the big screen. It's just it's an incredible venue. And this year, because we have outgrown the classrooms that in that building for our breakout sessions and workshops, we're doing it over the weekend of spring break. So now we have access to the neighboring buildings that have much bigger rooms for us to be able to have our workshops and our breakout sessions. I have looked at over 30 venues in Cincinnati before I settled on the university. And it is the absolute best and lowest cost venue. So that certainly helps me keep the ticket price very accessible. And and so that, that was definitely a reason behind it as well. And I, I will be going back to the University of Cincinnati every year. I'd love to sign a 10-year deal with them because I think there's a lot of value in going to the same venue every year. First of all, for my sanity as an event planner, that I can just rinse and repeat a lot of my logistics versus starting over every year. I don't know how FinCon does it that they start over every year with a new venue. It sounds cuckoo bananas to me. I don't want to do it, right? And so... I think there's a lot of value in almost coming home to the same place every year for us. And you know, the venue, you know, like you, you over time we're going into our third year, but over time, you know, the best place that you want to go get, get lunch. You know, it's, it's, I think there's a lot of value in that and a lot of value in keeping it small. I don't I think 560 is going to be my max capacity. I'm not going to grow it to 2000 people. I think there's a lot of value in keeping it small. And what is the peak success for me in in building this business is that all 560 of those tickets sell out in 1 minute? That's, that's the goal that I'm, that I'm working towards not to grow it into thousands of people and take out a football stadium. And you know what I mean? That's not, that's not the vision. The vision is to make it the best event it could possibly be for those 560 people.
1: Diana, James, Erica, I wanted to thank you for coming on today. I've been to both economy conferences and I would describe it as a fantastically produced conference with amazing content and it gets better and better every year. So I think you're missing out if you don't go get a ticket right now. I want to end this episode the way I end every episode by asking you all what is up next in your life and where people can find you if they want to know more information. James, let's start with you. What's up next in your life and how can people contact you if they want to
2: know more? So what's up next is I need to start writing my economy talk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know, get a few punchlines in here and there. And so how where people can find me, I'm mo- most active on Instagram at RethinkTheRatRace, but also at my website, RethinkTheRatRace.com.
1: Erica, tell us about your coaching business and where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more?
3: Yeah, so I'm shifting a little bit from coaching to more professional development, financial wellness in the workplace and doing more speaking and workshops and that arena and figuring out this empty nester life. That's a new one for me. You can find me on EricaYoung.com, Instagram, Facebook, Erica Young Official, and that's the way to get in touch with me.
1: And Diana, please tell us how many tickets are left for 2023 and how do people snap them up?
0: Well, we are over halfway sold out six months in advance, with which all of my event planning mentors tell me that that is unheard of. So, I mean, we are going to sell out. It's just a matter of when. Um, you can actually grab your ticket and get a 10% discount with the code earn and invest, all caps one word, and the word and is spelled out. So, if you grab your ticket today, you can get a 10% discount before they all sell out. And so, yes, I am knee deep in the planning. It is going really well. I'm almost finished with my speaker lineup you can check me out at economyconference.com. And economy is spelled with an M-E at the end, not an M-Y because I think I'm so clever. But there you can grab your tickets. You can sign up for our mailing list for announcements on programming and exclusive content and more news about our speakers and that kind of stuff. And then you can also listen to me every single day of the year on the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast. So if I didn't talk enough for you on this show, you can hear me yammer away on Optimal Finance Daily. This is a narration style show where I read to you from very popular personal finance bloggers, many of which you will see on the economy stage every single day of the year in 10 minutes or less.
1: The economy conference is March 17th through 19th, 2023. This has been the Earn and Invest Podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I'd like to thank James Lowry, Eric Young, and Diana Miriam. That's a wrap. (laughs) Awesome. So I keep things running just for a few minutes. Um, As always, Diana, it sounds like it's going to be amazing. And uh, I bought my ticket already. So...
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm uh I I feel like I am over the cusp of the struggle bus cuz you know the first 2 years were really yeah. hard for me but it's, it's been really encouraging even doing some data analysis on um, the ticket sales. So I've been able to look at the past two events, full you know, sales in, in completion, but even just what's sold thus far. I always ask the question, "How did you hear about us?" And half of my audience hears about it through word of mouth. Yeah, which is it was so encouraging for me because I was killing myself on marketing, not knowing what I'm doing, building something from scratch, throwing stuff at the wall, like not knowing what works. I mean, I spent a lot of money. I'm trying to market this thing and to hear from my audience that actually I have something worth talking about and I don't have to push so hard on marketing has been very encouraging for me. Yeah,
1: And I think the, the problem is, and this is everything from a podcast to a blog, unless you're one of those really lucky people who just immediately get a lot of um adulation everything just takes time yeah i mean you've got to unfortunately you've got to go through you had to go through year one and year two to get to year three um and that's but, fast though yeah, Right? like yeah, that's a good
3: yeah. momentum meaning it's and, a great event and people respect and appreciate that Yeah.
1: and and diana what i tell everyone i really do tell everyone you really produce it so well that i think it's sped it up faster right Thank so you. this is When you come to economy, it feels like a very kind of, in a good way, a formal TED Talk type thing where it's very professional, very big stage, right? It feels like this is a big, important stage and and it's got the gravitas, that it it deserves and that but not
0: stuffy i tell people it's not not like it's it's professionally run but it i mean rich jones got up there in sweatpants and a t-shirt and a hat you know (laughs) what i mean like like we are not a stuffy formal everyone's in a suit kind of thing i mean it's a party about money i mean it's really party vibes all the way
1: but it's
3: put together well and
1: i think that helps i think that
3: really really helps it does because people don't want to come to stuff that's not well put together they and, won't and, come back
1: and james and erica i hate to tell you but the bar just keeps getting higher every year so
3: <laughs> we got this James you haven't, you, Let's haven't, go. you haven't seen
0: my talk
2: yet you haven't seen my
0: talk
3: yet so uh, <laughs> it's gonna be great <laughs> the speakers yeah. just keep
2: getting better and better and better so that's and, what i was and gonna and say this year the speakers are you
0: know <laughs> oh definitely well and i also i'm very picky about speakers you know, I, I, I think I've learned from the past two years what is going to make an amazing economy speaker. And I've seen you both on stage yeah. and you're going to be yeah. amazing. Like you fit yeah. the model perfectly. So I am not worried about you guys at all. Yeah, she knows the mistakes. She,
1: she knows all the mistakes she made, like with with my year and the year after that. So now she's
2: now she's finally ironed it out. It's it's getting That's straight. Right. Yeah, exactly. You've got no. you've got to have year one to have
3: year two and year three. <laughs> year That's one right. speakers were good. I <laughs> yeah. I have to say, you're, I mean, they were good. I think I think that that is a difference too, though. Diane is very very picky about yeah. what she wants said, who mm. she wants saying it, or vice versa, right? And how it's smooth so that that i'm really looking forward to that so yeah
1: i hope that joe does want to do stacking benjamin's i certainly am happy if he doesn't to do earn and invest live but i wouldn't do it with nearly as much production value as he does <laughs> right we'll see so, i mean
0: he's like this close we just talked about it again i talked about it again last part- week
1: yeah i mean i certainly would come and help him whatever he wants me to do to help participate to get it going so
0: We'll send this interview to him and let him know, like, come on, man, you're missing out. Giddy up.
1: Yeah, we had a a blast. I thought it was a blast last year. It was really fun. And I thought people really enjoyed it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like people
0: really were into it. So Definitely. One hundred percent. Awesome. You care about your money. Of course you do. So why aren't you listening to
2: SoFi Daily? This podcast will keep you updated on the latest news in the stock market, and how it could impact your financial life. Stay on top of what's happening. Listen to SoFi Daily, wherever you get your podcasts. That's SoFi Daily, wherever you get your podcasts. Tech moves fast. So keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech,